Hi, everyone. Just before we get going, I want to remind you that everything we talk about and discuss should not be considered as investment advice. The purpose of what we talk about on Catherine Murray Media and Markets on YouTube, as well as Catherine Murray in conversation with on my podcast, should be viewed as informational and entertainment purposes only. Please definitely do your own research, your own homework, and definitely consult an investment professional before making any investment decisions. And also to note, some of us might hold positions in some of the stocks uh, that we discuss. Hi, everybody. Um, welcome to our conversation on the markets today. We've certainly been seeing them slide. Uh, the Nasdaq's down by about 2% or so, Dow down by about 600 points. Um, and it's basically been a really rough start to the year. All of this on the back of uh, the concerns surrounding rising yields, that U.S. 10-year yield hitting the highest level since 2020, and, uh, and what that might mean in terms of the market action, reaction, with, of course, investors believing that the U.S. Federal Reserve will be raising rates this year to help combat inflation. So let's get some perspective in terms of what is going on in the markets. So we're going to do this in 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and that is going to be with Diana Avigdor, who's joining us now. She's the head of trading at Barometer Capital. Uh, Diana, great to be able to catch up with you, get your thoughts. Because I think, you know, day after day, when you see these markets decline, it's like, okay, you know, is it going to bounce back? Is it a buying opportunity? So why don't we start with, like, what, what's your take and what are you seeing? Absolutely. And Catherine, 20 minutes is a long time for a trader and the <laughs> volatility that's going on in the market lately. So lots of uh, moving parts and lots of uh, mixed messages going on, but I think, and so it's important to kind of go through the reasonings one by one and then try to distill it down to what the bottom line might be. And I'll start with the bottom line. The bottom line for me, I think that the market action is sloppy um, and it's not because of a stock problem and it's not because of valuation problem and also not because of a rate hike problem. Rather, I think the market is acting sloppy because of the velocity with which we went from uber dovishness and inflation is transitory and two to three rate hikes, which are welcome uh, in order to stay um, behind the curve. Um, and we're now at five rate hikes, we've gone from inflation is absolutely not transitory. Oh my God, CPI is gonna stay at 7% in the US forever, which we don't think it will. So I think the speed does the, the rate hike in March uh, two weeks ago was a 50% probability. Rate hike in March now is a 102% probability. And it tells you that it's for sure, plus maybe even more than, than a quarter or 50 beeps. So I think that the market has gone the, the central bank worry um, that it will create a policy mistake is what's freaking people out because earnings are okay and valuations, well, we can talk about that. There is a big spread between expensive and cheap in this market. So you, mm -hmm. can be you can be what? You can be very surgical in your picks. You will have to be very surgical this year in your picks and your sector rotations because the, the divergence between expensive. So we we're talking about the fact that market's expensive, but the divergence between expensive stocks and cheap stocks has gotten as wide as since the year 2000. So there are, there is cheapness in the market that you can expose yourself to um, where you're going to see multiple expansion, but not necessarily the unprofitable tech, you know, say the energy or, or uh, U.S. financials are unloved. Canadian financials are, are lovely and they're doing really, really well. So there's mm -hmm. places you need to be. 
Yeah, so, so, be, so 2022 is the year to be very tactical and very surgical in your approach. I mean, I, I feel like, Diana, if you really think about it going back uh, at the beginning of previous years, I think we've also said that in those years as well. Um, you know, but then time and time again, the U.S. Federal Reserve continues to have your back uh, in terms of being accommodative and supportive for the broader risk assets and, and risk markets, such as the equity markets. Um, you know, and then, you know, and then the overall broader market seems to do very well. But the, we, I, I think people are believing that this year it's going to be different. And that's that's what you're, you're saying as well. It's going to be a tough year. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I, I'm actually positive on the year. Um, and I think that what you're seeing right now um, in the market and how hard they're selling it today, for example, um, you're seeing um, uh, asset allocators selling uh, their bond exposures. And in the past, uh, uh, the bond side of the portfolio was levered up uh, against the equities. And now you're taking that side off. So now your whole exposure needs to come off as well. So you're selling some of the equities because it's quite indiscriminate right now. Even though oil is up, oil stocks are trading down. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's an exposure issue today, just taking down a little bit of risk. Um, but I think that in generally speaking, and we've said this for about a year now, we've seen generational low in rates. And the reason we're seeing that is because of a high class problem, which is growth. Um, earnings um, are, are still positive. Um, economic data, I think, is going to come off. See, with the CPI, for example, last year, it was horrible, right? Because COVID. Um, so the comparisons are very high. So you're, you're seeing the CPI number being really, really high. But once the low rates from last year drop off the data set, the growth year over year won't be so high. And forward expectations on inflation are actually about half of what you're seeing right now. Um, so Yes, Catherine, you said we always do have to be surgical. Well, you always do have to invest in what works. Um, but I think that this year, um, everybody is very easily uh, falling, defaulting on the market's going to go down because rates are going up. But rates going up for the right reasons are good. And so, for example, let's if you talk about energy companies, Canadian energy companies, for example, they're really strengthening their balance sheets. They're not doing new... New, um, new, new production or, or, or exploration, but they are paying down debt and, 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 and paying dividends and strengthening their balance sheets. And so that plays into our Canadian banks, which are doing so much better than the US banks um, because you know, the loans that they're making to the energy sector, well, you know, the, that quality of, of loan is, is that credit quality has just increased. Yeah. So rates are going up, um, you know, um, that's going to that's going to prompt companies to maybe pay down some of their debt, strengthening their balance sheet, and thereby virtuous cycle into the into the Canadian financial. So actually, not I'm not negative at all. I just think okay. that the market is just pricing in this speed with which we've 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 went into uh, uber hawkish mode, which I think will moderate. <laughs> Which will moderate. Um, what what specifically will moderate the actual inflation data and therefore the amount of rate hikes we need, or sentiment surrounding it? Yeah. What so, moderate? Yeah, great question. So I, there's two parts to that. So a um, certainly the, the, what I explained with the CPI uh, numbers, for example, that will moderate. 
um, you know, that, then there's that. There's no, likely no need for five rate hikes, a taper, and a reduction of balance sheet all at the same time. Um, and um, Fed Chair Powell has pivoted from his view before in 2018. He, he totally turned around. So he's a capital markets guy as opposed to a, um, a, a, an, econ a, an academic an economist. Yeah. Right. So yeah. he's able to just, you know, switch it, switch it. Um, and so if the economic data does come off as we expected, you know, there is reflation and not uber inflation, then yes, I think that part of the, the, the what's going to help the market is uh, a decrease in hawkishness. And then the other part is going to be earnings. Um, if yeah. they continue, right, as long as earnings continue to rise, um, there is no need to be bearish on the market. And, and what's your assessment of earnings so far? So it's early. Uh, and what we've seen is um, it's not a head, head scratcher, but the extent of, of it is a bit of a head scratcher. So what we've seen, we've seen two major banks report in the U.S., J.P. Morgan last week and Goldman Sachs today and Goldman's down. 8% this morning and JP Morgan had the same problem last week. Um, their costs are much higher than were expected. So, and now you have to differentiate because they missed expected earnings, which are already elevated, but uh, costs were almost double than what was expected. And so the realization that um, you're seeing wage growth and you're seeing hiring and you're seeing the unemployment rate goes, goes so low so now it's kind of being proven that the companies, corporates are going to um, are going to incur costs, labor increase labor costs. Um, so um, we'll see. This is only just two. Yeah, uh, we'll see uh, what the trend will be. The one thing is that you know one on the one side you're comparing to expectations, but there is also the element of absolute number. And Goldman, for example, had great earnings. If you take out the, the, the relative to expectation component, which uh -huh. are already elevated, you're looking at the from bottom up. Uh, Goldman had, had great numbers. And, and uh, so, so after a period of rebalancing, because financials have done really well this year so far. Um, so there is some, some profits to be taken. We'll see uh -huh. where, where it settles. And um, Diana, just to explain a little bit in terms of the action that you're seeing in the market today. And, and, you know, since the beginning of the year, the markets have been declining. I think last week, last Tuesday, Wednesday, we had a little bit of stability, but, you know, from a head trading perspective, um, what are you seeing? So, uh, you know, the last quarter of 2021, there was quite a lot of um, uh, deleveraging happening um, in terms of uh, data from, uh, you know, prime broker, we, we, we got prime broker data and uh, leverage data and, um, and, and debt data. And what we're seeing is that um, uh, exposures have been pulled back to about 65 percentile. So what that means is that um, investors are not over their skis. They're not levered. They're not overly uh, risky. And, um, and a ton of money has flown into the market in 2021. Q1 generally, the first quarter of the year generally brings with it a lot of positive inflows into equities. Think New Year's resolutions, I'm going to be a better saver. Think RSPs, think CFSAs, 401ks, 
there's all this money that's coming in and the for bonuses that people get and invest in their in their you know in their investment accounts so it just organically lots of money flows in um, so what I'm seeing right now is just uh, a general delevering because of the correlation people have had in their portfolios from an asset allocation perspective vis-a-vis -vis the bonds. So they have to sell down the bonds because, oh my God, we're going to raise rates. Um, so right. now you equivalate. So if you're going to sell down your bond component, all of a sudden your equity component in the portfolio is that much bigger as a percentage. You got to take a slice off that too. And that's uh -huh. why it feels so mechanical right now. And Does it? Able to, yeah. Well, you know, oil is up today. Why are yep. energy companies trading up? Why is every stock even good? Even a good one is just a stock to sell because it's programmatic and, okay. and, and it's just risk. It's just slicing off risk in the, in the price aversion or a price insensitive fashion. Um, so it just comes back that this is not a, an equity market problem. This is, this, is, um, this is the speed with which uh, central bank has, has, has shifted. And I, you know, it does tend to get overdone on both sides. Mm -hmm. and again, we did say that we've seen generation low in rates. And so one, two, three rate hikes are welcome. Yeah. It's this yeah. scream that, you know, we're going into five and why don't we raise next week? And, you know, and, and why don't we just taper and decrease balance sheet and all at once? Uh, it's this suddenness and this, this everythingness that, that's, uh, that's creating a situation where, where it just kind of needs to get rebalanced, but there's a lot of positive undershoots uh, that I think that will, will eventually come up once this gets cleansed. And so what do you then as, uh, as head of trading on a day like today, and you kind of let it, a lot of people don't like to, you know, the old saying, of course, don't catch a falling knife. So a lot of people in your position who have experience don't necessarily step in, but then there are others who absolutely do. They see value in the names that they own or, and want to add to that position and they're buying. Yeah, absolutely. So from a portfolio perspective, <clears throat> we won't pick bottoms. Um, you know, weak stocks um, have a, a whole army of, of investors that, um, you know, on the first rally, they'd be more than happy to let the stock go. Um, so we don't want to fight that. Whereas a stock that has done well uh, and is just uh, coming in on a pullback um, it has a much happier army of investors who are not looking to sell it at the first uptick. <clears throat> so you're not fighting that neighborhood. Um, so we do add the stocks that have, uh, that have acted well and we do watch in situations like this. It gives us an opportunity when it does come back to look at what comes back best and the previous sell-offs, you could see that the cyclical uh, sensitive uh, or, or, or the, the, economy, the economically sensitive sectors are the ones that have come up um, the fastest. So technology would go down, you know, on the down day would go down three to 6% on an individual stock, but on an up day, it would only be one, up 1%. So there is no, the, the, the dynamic of the down and up, you can see that it's down a lot more than it would be up on an up day. But if you look at energy company or Freeport, for example, look at a chart of Freeport, um, yes, it'll be down on a down day. It'll be down a little bit, but it'll only be up three or four or 5% on an up day. So the performance uh, characteristics and the lopsidedness is exactly the opposite. So you can see 
what works um, in the market when the market does better. And so our portfolios have taken down technology uh, in the last three to six months and, and we've put, put the money in, um, in um, financials, Canadian financials, some US financials, energy, industrials, um, and we kept a 10% weight in, um, in technology because you know um, technology is, I, I feel it's gonna continue to stay a, a crowded trade. It, it crowded. Yeah. So, so in other words, you want to continue. You want to continue to have exposure. Well, we have about or, a ten percent exposure. The S and P has a thirty percent exposure uh, okay. weight, right? So, you know, stocks like Apple, for example, with a ninety billion dollar uh, buyback authorization and seventy billion dollars in cash, and music and health and whatnot. Um, uh, we still we still have some of that. Got it. Okay. Um, Dana, we're just going to wrap it up in a, in a moment or so. So um, we're seeing, we've been seeing negative price action in the markets. Um, what would be your thought in terms of what we might see over the next month or so? And, um, and then also, of course, you know, any thoughts on what the Bank of Canada may or may not do next week? Yeah, so um, Bank of Canada is expected to raise. Um, and, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it doesn't. It, it affects, you know, it affects the the housing market and the and the and the consumer retail uh, channel, uh, but not so so much the stock market. Um, like I said earlier, in terms of the Canadian rate hike, again, we're not against rate hikes if it's for the right reason, especially in the beginning. Um, equities do provide a hedge against inflation. Equities uh, do like. Um, uh, prudent uh, monetary policy. And so, you know, the energy sector uh, is paying down their debt, which, which, like I said, plays into the financials and a little steeper yield curve is actually gonna be great for the financials. So um, I think that uh, being ahead of the curve or with the curve is, is the right thing to do, being behind the curve is not. So if they do, if they do raise rates, if the, what I'd like to see in the next month is the data moderating. I don't know that we're going to see that. We're going to now sift through earnings. It's going to be a month of earnings. First two weeks is going to be American earnings, and then we're going to get Canadian um, companies kind of starting to come out. So we're going to be busy. We're going to be erratic with that. It's going to be your opportunity to pick up um, stocks that you like, that are valued properly, that have. And, and one last thing is, you know, companies that grow dividends. Uh, in a reasonable fashion and are able to um, pass costs through um, are, are great investments to be had. Things like Loblaws, for example, yes, the input prices go up, but they're able to pass on and have pricing power, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we, you're gonna be wanna watch those earnings and see if it plays into well, this, the theme that you think you have. And, yeah. and listen to that. So, okay. Um, Diana, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks so much for um, giving us your time today and, and kind of just putting the market action um, into perspective. Thanks, Catherine. Great seeing you. Thank you. You too.